0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today I want to talk to you about going deeper. And I've entitled today, Moving Forward, God Wants to Accelerate Your Life. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. You know, Today I want to speak to everyone who feels like they're living in the tension between who they are and who they can be. I wonder if there's some people in this room who you feel like the best version of yourself has yet to be revealed. I wonder if there's anyone today who you've realized that you've just settled too long for status quo. And now you know that there's more to life. Here's what I found. If you aim at the goal of average, you'll hit it every time. If you're just aiming for average, you'll hit that goal every time. But I believe there's actually people as I've traveled across Texas and parts of California that this message is actually resonating in their life because they know that there's more. I was in Houston, Texas yesterday, and a woman came up to me, and she says, I know there's more. This resonates with my life. How many of you would say you know that there's more than to what you're currently living? And there is. And can I tell you that this is evidence that there's a stirring on the inside of you? See, I had a stirring like this a long time in my life, and I just thought, well, maybe it was just my thoughts. Maybe it's just some feelings, random thoughts, but it kept resurfacing. It kept coming up. And here's what I realized is that my calling was calling me. Your calling is calling you. The life you were actually meant to live is calling you. You know, there was a guy in the Old Testament, his name was David, and he talked about this. Man, he had a passion for God. He was intense for his passion for God, but yet his mind at times were unsettled. I don't know if you've ever been there where you feel like your mind sometimes is just unsettled, but your heart is longing for more. And this is what he described it as. He said, the deep is calling unto deep. One translation says this, one depth is calling out to another depth. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. One depth is calling to another depth. Now you have to understand something. For God to call something deep out of you, it means he's already deposited deep in you. Oh, can I get a better amen than that? See, we have to understand for God to be able to call a deeper purposefulness out of us, it means that God has already deposited within you the very depth for those purposes to dwell. Listen, you already have the capacity to live at a deeper level. Can I hear a good amen? Let me just tell you this. It's actually the life you want to live. It's the life you want to live. I tell people all the time that when I follow Jesus, I'm actually becoming the person I've always wanted to be. See, I was selfish and I couldn't be generous, but within myself, I didn't have the power to do it. But when I started following Jesus, he changes everything. And he took a selfish person and made him into a generous person. I always wanted to love. I always wanted to be able to have the capacity to forgive even my enemies. And I couldn't do it on my own. And here's the reality. We can't do it on our own. But you know what? When you give your heart to Jesus and when you follow him, he will make you the person you've always wanted to be. You can only, only God can make you the best version of yourself. If you're going to clap, give him a good clap this morning. because God created you this way with this longing. He created you because you were made by him and for him. That's why nothing else can satisfy or fulfill you except the plans and purposes for your life that he has for you. And I believe that today God is gonna speak to us in such an amazing way because Simon, God would change his name, Jesus would change his name later to Peter, but Simon is going through some things in his life and he's coming to this point where he's broken, And he realizes that there's more. Have you found Luke chapter 5, verse 1? It says this, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake Geraset and saw two boats. How many boats? Two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put off a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep. How many of you know that sounds like a good book title right there? Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. I will let down the net. And when he had done this, and when he had done this, and when he had done this, not just thought about it, I'll pray about it. But when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they began to fill, somebody say fill, they begin to fill both boats so that they began to sink. So when Simon saw it, he fell at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me. I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch. I have good news for you today. The year 2023 is not over yet. I know we're in the middle of October, but I'm going to tell you something. I actually believe that God still wants to astonish you. I actually believe that before this year is out, God wants to surprise you with some things that were not on your radar. How many of you would agree that sometimes we can be so predictable in our lives? Like some of you are like, okay, when is he going to finish? Cause I have this going on. I got to get up tomorrow at four 35. You know, the coffee's going to get into drip and it's going to hit the pot at four 36. Cause I have it already got to get up. I know. And he have all tomorrow already predicted. Can God still surprise you? Can he still astonish you? Or are you in such a routine that he cannot intervene in your life? Because I believe he wants to astonish you before this year is out. This is what he's going to do to Peter. Verse 10. And so we're also James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. I want to talk to you about moving forward so God can accelerate you. You know, Jesus had massive crowds always following him. You know, I don't read a lot of Facebook comments a lot, but I think it's funny how people criticize when churches grow or churches get big and they're like, you know, churches shouldn't be big. I'm like, okay, have you ever read the Bible? Like thousands of people followed Jesus. Can I hear a good amen today? because of his teaching and he was teaching them and he sees these boats. He sees two boats and it is he Jesus is always very strategic because he actually gets into Simon's boat. He asks he asks Simon if he can use his boat to push off a little bit. I think this is important to note that Peter is a businessman. Simon Peter is a businessman. This is a tool that he uses. His boat as a tool. It's a resource for his business. It's how he pays his bill. How many of you know it's good to pay your bills? It's how he makes his livelihood, right? It's how he is predicting about his future and planning for his future. And then Jesus comes and asks to use his boat. You know, people ask me all the time as a pastor, why would Jesus need Peter's boat? Can I just tell you something? Jesus doesn't need Peter's boat. Jesus walks on water. What Peter needs is Peter needs Jesus in his boat. Why does God need our money? Honey, God doesn't need your money. He walks on streets of gold. But what you need is his blessing on your money. Can I hear a good amen today? Oh, we're just starting. Are you ready? Peter didn't know what he needed. But Jesus knew him getting into Peter's boat. Peter had no idea what was going on, but Peter didn't have a clue what was about to happen, but he had a need. And Jesus knew about Peter's need, even though Peter didn't know that Jesus knew. Sometimes you don't know what you need. And so here comes Jesus saying, can I borrow your boat? And I want to tell you, this is a setup. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is a setup. Let me just tell you something, my church family. Jesus is not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. He doesn't need a boat. He made water. He made fish. He made the ark. It was his idea. He don't need a boat. And oftentimes when people talk to me about, well, I don't understand why God wants this or is asking me to do this, he's setting you up for a miracle. Can I hear a better amen today? And so what happens is Jesus finishes teaching. And I just love this so much because he's teaching thousands of people. You know, and the Bible says that God loves the world. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I think we know that God loves the world. I think we have an understanding that God, his love is so vast that he loves the world. But can I just remind you today that you are part of that world? His love is not just so vast for a crowd. He actually loves people, and he loves the individual. And the Bible says this, that Jesus actually looks after he finishes teaching, and he sees Peter's empty nets. He sees that Peter fails. I love this because one of the names of God is Elroy. It means this, the God who sees me. He's the God who sees me. He sees the empty nets. Let's say it this way. He sees that Peter has failed. You know what I love about Jesus is that he notices even the details of our lives. Can I ask you a question? Because Peter had failed. I mean, he didn't even catch one goldfish. Come on, somebody. A professional fisherman, he didn't catch one Goldfish. And when I was reading this, I was like, you know, failure can happen to the best of us. I wonder if there may be an area of your life where you feel like you've failed. You wouldn't admit it publicly, but you know what? I've talked to people that they've lost their favorite job, and they feel like they've failed. I've talked to people who have been married not one time, but two times, and they feel like, man, they've really failed in the areas of relationships. I talked to parents who feel like failures because they feel like they haven't raised their kids right. And so my question to you today is, I wonder what empty nets would mean for you. Because see, Peter's failure ended up for him with empty nets. See, I think if you lose a job, empty nets for you could actually mean financial hardship or maybe even an empty bank account. I think failure in relationships can result in loneliness or actually feeling empty. And maybe you find yourself just, (laughs) Phil, I just fail to make the right decisions at times. I don't know if you've ever been there. But here's what I understand about failure. Here's number one. Don't make friends with failure. You have to move forward. Say it's time to move forward. You know, failure can be devastating because oftentimes we put expectations on people. And sometimes failure can be that. It can just be the result of um, uh, just... Un- unfulfilled expectations that we have. Sometimes we put expectations on people. We expect them to be like Jesus. We expect them to be like God, and they are not. And so, you know, we fail. But in failure, it can be devastating because you can start questioning your life's purpose. You can, it can also lead to disappointment or, dis- dis- uh, or discouragement. Let me just tell you something. Let me shed some light today on failure. Failure is an event. It is not an identity. I want to say that again failure is an event and it happened in your life but you are not a failure because failure what it tries to do is it tries to paint a, a, paint a scarlet letter on us to say you are a failure yes you've made mistakes i've made mistakes but i am not a mistake yes i have failed but i am not a failure can i hear a good amen today but here's the challenge you have to deal with failure. I love what Jonathan Maxwell said. He said, the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception and response to failure. Jesus sees the failure. You can't hide your failure from him. But his heart is to intervene. It's to intervene in Peter's life. And and he sees it. And this is what I love. Jesus Let's notice what he didn't do. He didn't see Peter's empty nets. He didn't see Peter's failure and go, Peter, I don't know how you think Jesus talks. Peter, I'm sorry, brother, but I have to go heal some lepers now because they're more important than your empty nets. Peace out. I am peace. I don't know how you think he talks. Maybe like the Jesus from the Chosen. I, I don't know. But you know he didn't do that? Do you know he looks at Peter's failure? Do you know that he looks at his empty nets? And here's what you need to understand. He wants to respond, but how he responds may not be the way you think he will respond because he didn't just grab Peter and say, man, Peter, come on, man. I know you failed. No, you know what he says? All right, Peter, it's time. You got to launch out into the deep. Oftentimes, Jesus's miracles began with an instruction. And depending on that instruction, it will depend on whether you receive the miracle that you have. And so Jesus says, launch out into the deep, Peter. In other words, listen, you have to move forward. Everybody say, I have to move forward. Now watch this, I love this, because the title is Into the Deep. So it's really easy to look at that and go, you know, Phil, I, I just I, I wanna go deeper, but I, I kinda feel a little guilty because I'm not as deep as I should be. I know it could be deeper. Here's what I love about Jesus. Before Jesus calls Peter into the deep, he actually meets Peter right where he's at. He meets him on the shore of his life. Before he calls you to go deeper, he meets you right where you're at, right in the middle of the circumstance, right in the middle of the failure, right in the middle of the shame, he'll meet you there. I love that. He meets people right where they're at. That means there's no excuse. He meets you right where you're at. And so he says, you got to launch out. you got to move forward. Watch this. You can't stay here. And see, that's his goal. His goal is not just for to meet you where you're at. His goal is to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And notice what he does. He says, launch out into the deep. Number two, Jesus spoke faith into Simon's failure. Every word that Jesus speaks is infused and pregnant with faith. Everybody say faith. Hebrews 11.1 one tells us about faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice it starts right now. When does faith start? Faith starts right now. Where? In the middle of the failure. Where does faith start? Right now. In the middle of the disease. Where does it start? Right now. In the middle of the circumstance. Right now. In the middle of where you are at. Faith has to start right where you're at. Because the very essence of faith is it actually believes before it sees. Let me say it today, because in our culture, we have a very feeling culture. Everything is about the way I feel. But can I just encourage you today? Faith believes even before it feels. Even before it feels. We are in a culture that t- today that you literally, people are defining themselves by the way they feel. If I wake up tomorrow and I feel like a dinosaur, listen, you better call me a dinosaur because I feel like a dinosaur. And if you don't say that I'm a dinosaur, you're a hater. I'm sorry. I saw a person. But that's so countercultural. Listen to the Bible. The Bible doesn't say, I feel, therefore I am. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I am. I am a child of God by faith and my belief. If you agree with that, can you say a good amen today? And so the very nature of faith is it starts now. But here's the goal. Faith is always future-focused. And here's what we have to do. You have to literally take your eyes off failure, and you have to put it on Jesus. He has to be the focus. He has to be the focus of your faith because faith is going to always be future-focused while failure is always past-possessed. Failure is always going to try to rob you of your faith. But listen, I have some great news today. Your past doesn't have to be the prison of your life. That keeps you stuck. Your past is not your prophecy and it's not the forecast for your future. And here's the greatest news I came to tell you God does not consult your past to give you the future that He has for you. Did you ever look at who God used in the Bible? They were all screw ups. Prostitute, Rahab in the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. All of them had a past. But we don't stay in our past. Faith causes us to move forward. But let me just talk about faith for a moment because I'm not talking about a faith in our faith. I'm talking about a faith in Jesus. Jesus has to be the focus of your faith because your future is in him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I've been reading the Amplified Classic version. I really love this. It says this, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, the first incentive of our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. In other words, Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. So, many people get caught up with, what is the size of my faith? How big is my faith? Can I tell you, the Bible says, even if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could move big mountains. Here's, here's the truth. Use the faith that you have right now. Stop worrying about bigger faith. But you know what? When you look to Jesus, he will mature your faith and make your faith perfect. Remember Peter, he walks on water. He's the only disciple that walks on water. And this book, Into the Deep, that's really what it does. It just chronicles his life and highlights his life. And I like him because I think he's such a unique disciple. He does things that the other ones aren't willing to do or don't have the guts to do. But Peter walks on water. Do you remember the story as he's walking on water? Jesus, he, before he gets out of the boat, they see a, what they looked, looks to be a ghost. And Jesus, Peter's like, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus says, come. He gets out of the boat, and as he's looking at Jesus, he's walking on the water. I like to say it, he actually wasn't even walking on the water. He was walking on the word that he got. Just like here, he's going to walk on Jesus' word. How many of you know you can walk on the word that God gave you? When Jesus says, launch out, he's going to do what Jesus says. But this is interesting to me because he's looking at Jesus, right? I don't know how you picture this. I don't know how you picture Jesus walking on the water. If he's like, you know, just kind of like, slow motion, just kind of walking. on. Like, I kind of think he's doing like a Michael Jackson, kind of like moonwalk water walking thing. Like he hee, just kind of walking. Right. But Peter is, has an example, an illustration of what it is to walk on water. And as long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus, he is walking and he's doing good. But guess what? Peter begins to sink. Can I ask you, when does Peter Begin to sink. Peter begins to sink when he begins to doubt. When did he begin to doubt? He began to doubt when he got distracted. Think about it. All you have to do is look at Jesus. He is walking on the water. If I do what he does, I will stay afloat and I will walk over things and over storms that other people will never walk over if I keep my eyes on Jesus. But when did he doubt? He doubted when he got distracted. Watch this. A lot of people put Peter down, but Peter ain't no fool. The Bible says this. He says he began to sink. He didn't wait till he was like, Jesus. The Bible says he began to sink and he cried out. Listen to this. Jesus reached out his hand and restores him before he corrects him. But watch. When did Peter begin to sink? he began to sink when he was almost there. Say this with me, say, I'm almost there. Come on, say, I'm almost there. Isn't it amazing that the distraction comes right before you're almost there. He was almost at Jesus, and because Jesus reached out his hand, that's when the biggest distraction came, was when he was almost there. That was worth coming to church today. Come on, say, I'm almost there. That's why you can't give up. You're almost there. And Jesus picks him up and restores him. I love that. If we'll just keep our eyes on Jesus, he will make our faith perfect. Can I hear a good amen today? But we have to understand if we're going to live deeper that faith is actually the foundation. It's the anchor in the deep. So Jesus looks at Simon, he says, I need you to launch out into the deep. Simon's initial response is feelings. Hey, uh, Jesus, I'm tired. I worked all night. Has anybody ever worked an all-night shift? Let let me see your hand. You ever work all night? I used to work all night at a little place you probably never heard of. It's called Sam's Club. And um, in my younger years, I have so many jobs. Sometimes I'll come up with a job, I'll start talking about my wife's like, that's another job you've never told me you worked you just don't know who you married i'm like a plethora of things up here I worked all night at sam's club and i was talking with this guy who was probably in his 60s and we were working i said hey man how long you've been working all night he's like for 15 years i said does it ever get easier he said no i said i'm out cuz what do you do with those days off like you have to like stay up now, I don't mind working all night if there's success. I don't mind working all night if there's results. Peter had no results. He had no success. He's tired and he has nothing to show for it. I, I was telling the people in Houston this week, I love being tired on Sundays because today I'm not one of these preachers that are going to give you three points in a poem. I'm actually going to bear my soul with you. I'm going to be transparent with you. And when I get home, I can't move because I have poured everything out. I love that exhaustion because I know that I've planted. I know that there's going to be results. But can you imagine working and not getting anything? He says, I've toiled all night. Listen, he says this, I'm tired to the point of exhaustion. But at your word, I will launch out. You know, Simon makes a remarkable decision. Simon eventually chooses, listen to this number three, faith over feelings. Watch this. Listen to what he says. At your word, I will. Not at your word, I feel. At your word, I I will. Everybody look at me. I hope you hear my heart. I've done preaching on rest. I believe in rest. I take a day of rest. But there's some times in life you're going to have to work past tired. There's some times that you're going to have to go and you, when you're tired. There are people like, I, I'm so afraid. You know, I don't want to get too involved. I don't want to burn out. Go ahead. Live your life led by fear and watch where you get it. You know what I love about his tiredness? It shows me that this is the perfect time for Jesus to intervene because Simon has come to the end of himself. He's come to a place where he's got nothing left. But I'm going to tell you, if you have nothing left and Jesus is in your boat, you have everything you need to move forward. You have everything you need for him to accelerate your life into results that you have never seen before in your life. Oh, this is good. And it's going to get better because in order for you to see the miracle, what God is going to have to do is take you out of your own depth and out of your own logic into what he has for you. Because let me just say it. Miracles don't make sense. If you're one of those control people, it makes no sense. This goes against everything that he has learned in his expertise and his professionalism. The best Fishing happens at night, not during the day. No, Simon, the best fishing happens when Jesus says it's gonna happen. And it may not make sense to you, that's why you need faith. And he says, at your word, I will. Not I feel. I will. You remember when Jesus was in the garden? The Bible says he started to pray, he's going to take on all the sin of the world. Think about this. Billions of people, their sin, past, present, and future. He's in the garden and he's praying. He's so stressed that the capillaries in his forehead begin to bleed and blood starts coming down. How many of you know that probably didn't feel too well, but here's what Jesus said, not my will be done, but your will be done in Jesus name. Despite what I feel, I make a decision. You know, I had a mentor tell me one time, the right decisions lead to the right emotions. And thank God that he went beyond what he felt. Because here's what happens. Listen, one act of obedience. I will launch out. I will go out. And the Bible says he went from, number four, empty to overflow in a matter of moments. I think about Peter thinking about this moment, thinking, what does it mean to launch out again? What does it mean to go again? You know what it means? It means I have to get dirty, these nets that I've already cleaned. It means I gotta try again. It means I gotta go again. I gotta put more energy in again. That's what it means. And can I tell you, in order to move forward, my friends? Yes, that's exactly what it means. You're going to have to try again. You're going to have to love again. You're going to have to forgive again. You're going to have to keep serving again. But here's the reality. You're not doing it on your own. You're doing it with a revelation from Jesus. See, when we read the written word of God, it's logos in the Greek. But the rhema word is a right now word. This is exactly what Peter got. He got a right now word in what to do in his situation. My church family, right now, you are getting a word that's a rhema word for your life. It's time to move forward. And just in moments, his, there's so many fish. Think about this for a minute. The fish were waiting for Simon to obey. The fish were already there. But I'm tired. The fish are there. Are you going to go? One act of, I always think about what is on the other side of the obedience that God is asking me to do because the provision is already there. Pastor Phil, I don't understand all this giving and tithing. Well, I'll tell you what, God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. The provision is already there. And I'll tell you what, if you'll be obedient, you'll go from empty to overflow. What do you mean overflow? The Bible says that there was so many fish that his nets begin to break. Listen, the boat that he had began to sink. He was so blessed, he had to call in his partners. Hey, guys, I'm so blessed I have some for you. Come on over. And the partners came over. Do you know that there was so many fish, the Bible says that their boats began to sink? I wonder who's on the other side of your obedience, that when you obey God, who is going to affect the people in your life? Because, Because of Simon Peter's obedience, all of his partners got blessed. Hmm. You know what's interesting to me is this is unfathomable. You cannot plan this. You can't have a meter, all right? You can't have a meeting. All right, staff, come on. Come on, we're going to come together. All right, here's the plan. Look, you know those two boats we bought? We're going to believe in the five years that we're going to have so many fish that those boats we bought, they're going to break. Okay, here's goal number two. You know the new nets we just bought? All those nets? We're going to believe that in five years we're going to catch so many fish that all of those nets are going to break. Sound like a plan? Whoa! You can't plan that. This was the best day of his life. Isn't it interesting how Jesus can turn the worst day of your life into the best day of your life? In moments. Somebody say acceleration. This is what you call a divine acceleration. And God is doing this for people. Listen, he has the ability to speed things up in your life. There's so many times in the New Testament the word suddenly is used. Pastor Phil, it just seems like things are slow. I know until you hit a suddenly and then it all makes sense. My church family, he didn't go from nothing to something. He went from nothing to everything. One word from the Lord. Can I just encourage you? This is exactly what God wants to do in your life. He wants to break off all of your perceived limitations. God wants to break every single barrier that has been in your life. You know, I've been doing ministry for 30 years now. And one of the things that I've said that I've actually had to correct myself, and I actually had to repent from this. I used to say this, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've been through tons of accounts. There's nothing you could tell me that would surprise me. And I had to repent because this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says. Watch. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, one, no one's heart has even imagined all the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Watch. But God has revealed to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, what? The deep things of God. This is why you can't quit. Listen, this is why when Jesus is in your boat, failure can never be final because you know, he can take you from empty to overflow. Everybody look at me. It doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. I'm gonna say that again, it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. Listen, the Bible says that they were so astonished that they got down, Peter gets down on his knees and he says, I'm a wicked man. Okay, this is going to blow some of your minds. It's in the Bible. Jesus did this for a wicked man. How did a wicked man get an overflow in his life? Was it because of his behavior? It was because of his faith. Every person that Jesus healed were all sinners. How did they get healed? Because of their faith, not their behavior. Jesus had not died. This is why if you keep your eyes on Jesus, this is exactly what Romans says. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. I'm telling you today, God wants to show you his goodness. This is why I've been repenting so much because I've seen so much of God goodness, and I'm God, God, please forgive me. I've just been living my own way. I think too small. And the Bible says this, they forsook everything and they followed Jesus. Now I want to pause right here. Peter could have taken all of his fish, said, thank you, Jesus, and went home. But I want you to know decisions are like dominoes. He first obeyed Jesus And then he got down and repented. This provoked Jesus to give another instruction. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What the heck is that? Fishers of men? You can't go on indeed and go, okay, what is a fisher of men? I need a job description. What is my role? Listen, this is how we find our future, in the follow. They could have taken all the blessings and went home. And I want to tell you this, my church. I, hope, I want you to hear my heart. There are so many people that as soon as they get what God gives them, they forget to follow him. And they go home with their goods and they never cultivate a relationship with Jesus who actually gave them. I know people who we've prayed for because they're believing God for a car. And man, people are giving them rides to church. And as soon as they get their car, they're like, thank you, Jesus. We never see them again. Jesus doesn't give you a miracle to make you complacent. Jesus makes you, gives you a miracle to compel you to continue to follow him. Because if the car becomes the thing that you start to worship, then you take your eyes off of him. And here's the sad thing. You miss out on everything else that he has for you. You know, I was, I was talking with this pastor in Houston. He said, Phil, It's amazing how people just fall in love with the gifts that that God gives them. He says, I had a couple I prayed for, they're believing for a child and just believing for a kid. And he says, you know what? God gave them a supernatural child. And you know, he said, what's so unfortunate, as soon as they got the child, they started to worship the child. They started, my kid is everything. My kid, he said, we'd never seen him again, never talked to him again. Can I just tell you, you can do that, but you're gonna have to come back to, God, I need your help with this kid too. Come on, parents. I need your help with my spouse with this kid in Jesus' name. But it's amazing how we can take the gifts that he gives us and we worship them and we take our eyes off of him. We can learn something from Simon Peter. They left the best day of their business and they forsook all and they followed him. You know what I think they believed? They believed if he can do that with fish, imagine what he could do with my life. Because that is nothing. We haven't seen anything yet. Because everything that we just saw is found in him. I'm going to follow him. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a good round of applause. Is this good this morning? In the remaining time that we have together... I love looking at Greek words. So I thought, okay, Jesus is saying, hey, launch out into the deep. What does the deep mean? Is that just a distance between the shore and, you know, some place in the ocean? So I went to this Greek word, deep, and I thought, okay, the Holy Spirit is actually showing me something. Look at this. The deep in the Greek means this, greatness, profoundness, the secret, unrevealed purposes of God. The secret, unrevealed purposes of God. This adds a totally different dimension to Peter's encounter with Jesus. Watch this. Peter's thinking about his bills. Peter's thinking about his boat. He's thinking about how he's going to pay his bills. He's thinking about his livelihood, his business, how his family is going to survive. And yet Jesus is thinking about his eternal purposes and destiny that he has for his life. And can I tell you, my church family, that when you follow the plan and purposes of God, you'll make more money than you've ever made when you're doing your purpose. And you'll be fulfilled on the inside. How can you say that? Because that's what happens with Peter. He was thinking about fish. Jesus was thinking about his future. I want to just fast forward here for just a moment into Peter's life. But let me just say this. I think we read this and we go, oh, this is unique with Peter. This is good for Peter. Actually, King Solomon wrote this for you and I. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. It says, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has planted eternity. Everybody say eternity. He has planted eternity. Listen to this. A sense of divine purpose. In the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God, yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to end. Every person has eternity in their heart. So when you hear, oh, you have a purpose, Solomon wrote that. It is not just a purpose, listen, it is a divine purpose. It is an eternal purpose. What does that mean? The God that we serve is eternal. And so when he puts himself in you by the Holy Spirit, Jesus, you have an eternal purpose. What does that mean? This purpose is going to live beyond you. Fast forward to Peter's life. Every act of obedience, a secret, unrevealed purpose of God is revealed. That day that he met Jesus, that miraculous catch he would choose to abandon was insignificant compared to the destiny that he would entail. You can go home with your fish, or you can have your destiny. Peter walked away and followed Jesus. He took the invitation to have a front row seat in Jesus's miracles. Look what Jesus did in his life. Jesus transformed a fisherman into a phenomenal orator. Peter would preach a message, and 3,000 people would give their life to Jesus. Did you know that pastors and preachers are still preaching from Peter today? You know, Peter would not only walk on water, but the Bible says that after Jesus died and ascended, that Peter would walk through the streets of Jerusalem, and people would come out to see Peter. They would bring the sick, and guess what? Just so his shadow, so they could be healed by his shadow. Jesus can take a man who is mending his nets and use him to bring about miracles in people's lives. Do you know that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter wrote two books in the New Testament? It is estimated that over centuries, billions of people would read the Bible. Peter was not just a great orator, but Peter was an author in the best-selling book of all time. And that's not it. You know, the Bible says that when we get to heaven and we see the great city on one of the stones is going to be written all of the names of the apostles. Guess whose name is going to be there? Peter's name. Because it is an eternal purpose. I said all that to say, if Peter's dream for his life, if Peter's goal for his life was just to be a great businessman, he would have thought too small. And this is where I get overwhelmed by the Lord because I have to repent because I think too small sometimes. I think too small. And yet God wants to do so much. But my church family, this extraordinary life that I'm talking to you about, it only happens in the deep. Can I hear a good amen today? I don't want to close with this. Why? Why in the deep? It's because that's where you have to trust Him the most. It's the place that God can actually empty us out of ourselves of all the temporary support systems. I wonder how many temporary support systems you latch onto when God's trying to do some things in your life. But it's in the deep that those places, those support systems are exposed that we've relied on. It's in the deep that we must release our grip and control and fully rely on God with complete trust. Psalms 107.23 says this, they that go down to the sea in ships and do business in great water. How many of you want to do business in great waters? Great here means abundant. It means to become many, it means to become much. It says, they that go down into the sea and ships and do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Passion translation says this, we are witnesses of God's power out in the ocean deep. We saw breathtaking wonders upon the high seas. I want to live in God's breathtaking wonders. But you know what? God has to call us out of our own depth, our own logic sometimes, our own way of thinking to do what he wants to do. God did for Peter what Peter could not do for himself. God's not going to do for you what you can do. He's going to do for you what you cannot do and let me tell you my church family it is going to be more than you've ever thought imagined dreamed or even conceived Ephesians 3:20 in the amplified classic says this now to him who by the consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly come on say super abundantly come on say aloud super abundantly far above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, our highest desires, our highest thoughts, our hopes or dreams. My church family, there are things that you have not even thought possible yet. There are thoughts you have not even thought yet. There are people you have not met yet. There are places that you have not gone yet. And it's all in the future that God has for you. We need to step out into what God is calling us. But I got to tell you, you have to move forward. You have to be able to take a step. And here's what I'll tell you today. God has already been moving in your life. He's been showing you some things and he's waiting for you to move forward. He's waiting for you to take the step because he's ready to accelerate your life. And if you believe that, come on, give him a great round of applause. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.